Thanks for joining us on History Makers. Today we're speaking with Stuart Chapman, who is uh, very much involved in homeschooling and been involved in education for a long time. How are you doing, Stuart? Great, thanks, Matt. Thanks for joining us, mate. Now, uh, I always like to uh, get to know uh, uh, people by finding out a bit of their story. Whereabouts were you born and raised, and what was your uh, faith journey like? Well, I'm a bit of an all-rounder, Matt. Uh, I've lived in every mainland state in Australia. Born in Broken Hill, then we moved to Stradbroke Island uh, of Brisbane, yep. and then down to Melbourne, and I've lived in Adelaide, and I've been in WA for about 17 years, so all around the place. I became a Christian when I was fairly young, and uh, I was in school. I had a Christian teacher at the school, and I had a Christian uh, sister as well, and the between the two of them, they uh, let, told me the gospel message and I became a Christian at that point in time. So I uh, didn't have Christian uh, parents, but uh, through the ministry of a local church and friends, uh, we grew to, uh, to understand God in, in a fuller way. And after that, I uh, got an uh, engineering degree, uh, worked as an engineer for a while, then felt the call to uh, pastoral ministry, went to Bible college been a pastor, I've been involved in Christian uh, lobbying industry for a while, as well as uh, becoming involved in the education movement. Oh, fantastic. So, I'd love to know a bit about your pastoring. Where, where, where were you pastoring? Uh, there was a small uh, church down in Bridgetown in Western Australia, and uh, also in... Perth itself, a, another small little church as well. Mm, fantastic. And what about uh, your time as a lobbyist? What kind of uh, groups were you connected to? Well, it was uh, the organisation with Fred Niles, uh-huh. um, so uh, Christian Democrats, and uh, there was Family Voice as well, uh-huh. and that was uh, with the Phillips in, in Adelaide. Fantastic. Now, I'd love to pick your brain a little bit about uh, the homeschooling movement in Australia. It's had dramatic growth uh, recently, uh, tell us a bit about uh, who, who you're working with right now. I'm working with uh, SKI, which is uh, Southern Cross Educational Enterprises, and my role there is the coordinator of homeschooling for the South Pacific region. So we cover not only Australia, but uh, quite a few countries, New Zealand, Fiji, um, Solomon Islands, Indonesia in the South Pacific as well. And a lot of people don't really know the size of the homeschooling movement. Tell us about the dramatic growth we've seen recently. Well, uh, as far as I know, I'm the only one who's been keeping accurate records of the growth in home education. And over the last five years, well, uh, from 2011 to 2016, we haven't got figures for 2017 as yet, but there's been a 70% increase in the numbers of students who've been registered for home education. And it's grown from about 10,000 students uh, to about 17,000 students in that time. And if you look at the numbers in each particular state, it varies quite enormously. 
So uh, Victoria has the largest number of homeschool students with uh, close to 5,000. And Queensland has grown from 800 to 2,000 oh, wow. in, that, in that period of time. So they've had over a 280% increase in that time. So it does vary. The, the largest uh, per, per capita rate is in Tasmania, where over 1% are home educated. And the largest uh, per capita rate in a mainland state is Western Australia, who's approaching 1% now. It's fascinating. And uh, for those who don't know much about homeschooling, uh, I've got a few friends that uh, are homeschoolers and uh, they tend to have large families. My friends that are, that are homeschoolers, not all of them do, but some of them do. Uh, and uh, they do have uh, a, a network that they get together with regularly and uh, their kids are very well spoken. A lot of them ring us up here on the radio. Some of these homeschooling kids are just, you know, so mature for their age. Uh, paint us a picture of what home education looks like in, in 2017. Well, there has been a trend, which is uh, the, the demographic for homeschooling has actually changed over the last 10 years. So what you're describing is the, often the case that they tend to, ha- in 10 years ago, tend to be a Christian family, tend to have larger than uh, two to three children, um, and they used to do it for a longer period of time. And uh, whereas there's still that demographic is still there, the, the majority of people that are now homeschooling do not come from a Christian background and they tend to do it for a shorter period of time, perhaps only two to three years, compared to the Christians who may do it for five to to seven years and with larger numbers of children. So the demographic is changing and that's why we see the numbers growing because there's a lot of people out there who for the very first time are actually considering homeschooling, whereas previously they were happy with the the state school system or or they they tolerated it but now there's a a lot of people that are not very happy with the state school systems and what's going on and finding that it's uh, increasingly hostile to to even a a basic uh, fundamental understanding of what a family is. Well, it certainly is uh, interesting times we're living in uh, with all the talk about the Safe Schools program. A lot of parents I know are saying, I don't want my kids getting taught that at school. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into other alternatives. Um, so yeah, give us your view. What are your thoughts on, uh, you know, you've been involved in education for a long time. What are your thoughts about uh, the Safe Schools, uh, the so-called Safe Schools program? It's, it's part of a process which uh, I believe is, is attacking the fundamental uh, beliefs of, of a Christian that um, they're, they're talking about gender fluidity and yet the Bible says he, male and female, he created them um, and there was really only two options there. So, and yet in the schools they're actually teaching children there's more than the, the, two, the two options. Um, so which goes contrary against to what the Bible teaches. Uh, then there, there's talk to introducing sexuality uh, at a very young age, even at the age of uh, kindergarten. And some people have said this is a form of grooming um, to uh, introduce students uh, things that they, they should be quite naive about at that age. So it's a real concern there's, uh, that it's, it's being pushed by academics and those who are actually quite hostile to, to the Christian faith. So a lot of parents uh, probably don't know much about this Safe Schools program unless they've really researched it. Uh, thankfully there has been a lot in the media about it in the last few months and a lot of people have been talking about it so a lot of people now do realise uh, you know the, the dangers of uh, having their children uh, taught this kind of stuff um, and the reality is uh, you know if if you do have a Christian worldview, 
you, you need to protect your children from that kind of thing. It's, it's important, isn't it? Well, you do. I mean, the Bible says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart, and you shall teach them to your children. So it's, it's a responsibility of, of parents to, to do that. And if their child is, is at school being taught by an atheist or a, uh, somebody who has a, a totally different worldview to, to them, that will have an effect on the child, especially when they're younger. I understand when parents uh, you have older teenage children and they've prepared them well, uh, they can stand up to some of these philosophies. But uh, when, we, when it comes down to it, when your child comes home from school and you ask them, how, how was your day and what did you do? You know, a seven or eight-year-old is not going to be able to verbalise and tell them all the things that they get, got told, which uh, is maybe contrary to, a, to the, the parents' worldview, and they may not even be aware of it. So, yes, it is a concern that uh, the, the school system is actually being working against the, the worldview of the parents, and that should be a concern for, for Christian parents particularly. And there's certainly a t- an attack on Christianity uh, coming in the Northern Territory. I noticed that uh, Eternity News uh, published an article recently called Secularism Run Mad, and there's a storm brewing amidst proposed changes to Northern Territory's anti-discrimination laws where Christian schools wouldn't be able to operate in the Northern Territory if the government stripped schools of their right to hire Christian teachers and limit enrolments to Christian families. Uh, this is uh, a real concern, isn't it? Well, yes, it's the Australian Education Union has it as their formal policy uh, to to remove this uh, exemption from for Christian schools. And it's also uh, many of the Greens parties actually uh, support this policy. But now we're finding that even Labor is getting involved into this um, policy of removing exemption from uh, being able to hire a, a teachers in a Christian school with a, with a Christian worldview, which makes... You, you, ask, you have to ask yourself, what's the point of having a Christian school if you can't have Christian teachers who are able to understand uh, the Bible and be able to impart that knowledge to the students at the school? So that's, that's one of the reasons that people... Uh, start-up Christian schools is so that they can present the Christian worldview. And for the government to say that they can't do that is, is a real attack on the not only origins of the school, and the, the uh, but also the, the choice that parents make to send this, their, their children to those particular schools for that, for that very reason. Now, it's just fascinating how all of these things have all come up uh, this year, uh, but it's been simmering in the background for a long time. Uh, you've been involved in the education uh, as an educator for a long time. Um, have you seen, uh, you know, massive changes like this in the past, or is it, or is this the biggest change you've seen just in this last year? Well, it's it's you go back to the analogy of a frog in uh, water and boiling up uh, the water, and I think what we've found is that a lot of people uh, are now even. Uh, people who don't have a strong Christian faith, that the water is getting so hot that it's uh, untenable to stay and, the, and we need to get out of that water. But I think the, uh, the sort of philosophies against uh, fundamental Christian values has been creeping in for, for decades and I think this is just uh, the tip of the iceberg and it's, it's what's really annoying people, um, that the government is actually taking the attitude, well, too bad, this is what we're going to do. Um, and I think that's what's really concerning the people at the moment, that it's just the attitude that, of the authorities that we're going to push it through regardless of how you, you feel about it. But the, the, the rot was in uh, for many years. I mean, they were quite happy to have their children uh, in, in the school system, 
and basically God was irrelevant because they would never talk about God. So you can talk about the creation of the the universe and, and how everything is wonderful, and they talk about, uh, they use euphemisms, isn't Mother Nature wonderful instead of saying, isn't God wonderful? So it, it's been a gradual process, but I think a lot of people have now got to the point where it's too hot to stay in the water and we need to jump out. Now, there's also uh, another big issue that uh, Christians have had a strong worldview on, and there's, it's been opposed to the secular worldview, of course, you know, creation versus evolution. Uh, how do you tackle it as an educator and uh, in, in the curriculum that, that you, you guys are you know, connected to? How, how, how do you tackle that? Do you teach both points of view or do you, you know, how, do you, how do you handle it in a, in a, in a godly way? Well, look, we, we teach that God created the world in, in six days. Uh, we believe uh, we take a fairly literal view of, of that event. Uh, we also do teach um, the theory of evolution. It's only a theory. And we believe that uh, when you look at a baby, uh, a, a newborn baby, uh, we, we teach our young people to think this is a, a wonderful creation of God who has been uh, formed in the womb of their mother. And uh, this hasn't happened by chance. It's a miracle. Whereas the evolutionists will teach uh, children in the school that, that when you see a baby, this is a result of millions and millions of mutations. Uh, which doesn't really make sense, but we we do certainly teach evolution, but we teach it um, and as as a in, in reference in contrast to the biblical view, which actually makes more sense. Well, it's wonderful to be able to hear about uh, you know so many people uh, wanting to teach their children in a, in a godly way and uh, the the growth of the homeschooling movement. Uh, it really is. Uh, incredible to see the growth of it and you know my wife went to a homeschooling conference I was sharing with you on the phone the other day that you know as pastors um, we've thought about putting out you know taking our kids out of school and, and doing homeschooling but we're, we're just so busy and my wife in particular said I just don't know if I could juggle you know teaching our kids and and still being a pastor's wife uh, so you know we had our kids in a, in a good Christian school uh, but my wife uh, said to me you know we, we need to pray about this and she said because I want to make sure that we are the most influential people in our kids' lives in raising them, not the peer pressure that they receive, or not the you know, uh, you know, and and you know the Christian school our kids are at are great. But she said I want to have the most influence in them, and and that scripture you shared from Deuteronomy before, uh, it really does uh, speak to the importance of parents making sure they train up their children in a godly way. Uh, so uh, yeah, you've really you've really given me some um, food for thought on this, Stuart. Thanks so much uh, for sharing with us today. You're very welcome. Great to talk to you, Matt. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry, and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater, and why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials, and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's Word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians and in poor nations. 
bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor, 